Hey, I'm Edward Schuler, and this is Bulls Gold on Nothing But Net Radio on Dash Radio. As always, I'm joined by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how's it going today, man? It's going well, Ed. Just uh, excited about how preseason went. I think we saw good and bad stuff from the Bulls, and excited to see what happens as uh, we get into the season. Exactly, and Wednesday the Bulls will be in action. The regular season debut against the Atlanta Hawks. It's going to be uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can carry over some of this preseason momentum to the regular season. And joining us to talk about the preseason and what we can expect from the regular season, we haven't talked to them in a minute, and it's always a blast when we do. From Ball and Ball on Bulls, I can't say it as well as they do, but Big Dave and C Dub. Welcome back to Bulls Gold. Great having you on, man. What's up, man? It's good to be back, man. Yeah, it's good to be on. You can't, you can't, you can't say ball? Ball. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm going to try. Let me see if I can do it. You, can, you guys can grade me. Ball. Is that right? No, that's good. Ball. No, no one day. Dave is the gold standard. I can't hit Dave. Right? <laughs> that's what I can't no, hit, yeah. just because, because he invented it. So I can't, you know, I can't. Oh, Ed, no, Ed, I'm going to hit Ed. It's too good. Ball. Wow. No, 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 no. Actually, you know, if you combine both of them, that's it. If All you right. combine it's Salim's and Ed's, that's how, about, it. that's how you wow. say it. See, no, see, you're, 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 you're like saying the word as it's written. <laughs> and, and, and Ed, Ed feels it. And you can hear how he feels the word. I feel it, but I don't have that, I don't have that same power. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, there we it's go. back in the throat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll practice it next time. I'll, yeah. I'll audition it. Tell you what, just watch a bunch of Avery Johnson tapes of him talking, <laughs> and, and, and it'll hit you. I promise, it will hit you quick. He needs it. Y'all need to get him to do a drop. Like get the Avery Johnson Dude, drop. We've been trying for years. Cameo, man. Cameo, Ash. Cameo. You're right. Oh snap. Oh, he's on cameo. Dude, oh my god. Dude, he's he better right not be on cameo. I'm looking right now. He better be on cameo. Avery Johnson cameo. Celine on cameo saying what's up to Big Dave and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Say what's up to Bow. I'ma lose it if he's a Look, man, hold on. I'm looking in right. Come on. Come on, big money. <laughs> ah, he's not on here. Oh, oh, not. Come on. Come on, Avery. Come on, man. We're gonna get this. Ha- this is gonna happen. Somebody One way or another. Oh, well, we don't we know some people. Maybe we get a number or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky enough to do that. Yeah, for real. Man. Hey man, can Dumb maybe knows him? You're right. We just had actually we just we just did, we just had Kendall uh, on the podcast uh, yesterday. Nice. And, and that show actually that show will be out uh, tonight. But we just had him on the podcast yesterday. And you're right. Dang it! I should have asked him if he knows every time. Oh man, dude. Yeah, I gotta. We got. It's gotta. Oh, happen. Purdue, Purdue knows him. Does he, he play with him? Yeah, they play with yeah, him. Yeah, they did. They yeah. He was training. Oh, but he was there. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. All right. There it is, All right. It's going down, guys. It's going down. Hey. This is what we use our connections for. Yeah, we saw we saw issues, real world issues on these are the, the first few minutes of Bulls Gold. These are definitely Thank important. The show's over now, man. This is it. I got phone calls to make. We got. <laughs> Can we get up? Get this going real quick, you know. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, dude. Right, That's but, awesome. Yo, let's let, let's get to it. So. The Bulls went 3-1 and one in preseason. Last game, 105-103 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, let, just what are your over, over your overall thoughts about what happened in preseason? New coach, same players, but it looked like 
they're playing an offense and defense that makes more sense for the roster. So what were, what were you guys takeaways from preseason? Oh, man, uh, I'm excited uh, about this team. I'm excited to watch, you know, good basketball again. That's probably my biggest takeaway. Like this team won't be in a, in a in a realm of hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, if they just do this, they could be good. Or, man, if they just do this, they could be watchable. Like, no, they're going to be watchable and they're going to be entertaining. And it's just good to be in that position where I don't have to care about other teams. Like, I'm just really focused on the Chicago Bulls. And I haven't been that way for a couple of years, you know, because when you're bad, you're looking around the, the league at, you know, other stuff that's going on because your team sucks. <laughs> so you're, you're concerned about other things that are happening. And now I don't care that you got, you know, LeBron. I don't care who that you got this. I don't care that you got that. I care about the Chicago Bulls. And, and that's a good feeling to have. And I haven't been there in a while. So what I learned, I learned a lot watching uh, this. I learned that, uh, Billy Donovan is an NBA head coach <laughs> and he's smart. And it's just, I mean, honestly, guys, like we're, we're talking about last year, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so the things I'm happy for are normal. You know what I'm saying? It might sound normal to some people out there, but we didn't have these things. You know, we, did, we didn't have, we weren't eating three square meals a day. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we had a guy just feeding us gruel. Like it, it was a sad time. So the fact that our new coach knows, you know what I'm saying, how to feed feed us three square meals a day and knows how to walk and chew gum. We're just excited, you know what I'm saying, about those things. But, yeah, Billy Donovan being able to coach. Zach Levine, he had moments in those games where I was like, the game just looks really easy to him. You know, he just looked really smooth. Like, nothing seemed just super forced like we'd seen previously. Um, of course, there are questions like with Lloyd Markinen. Uh, can Kobe White be that facilitator? Can Wendell Carter Jr. be a starting center uh, in the NBA, or should he be starting for this team? Uh, the, and the guys who were, you know, not there like Denzel and Temple and Sadoransky, what are they going to look like? But overall, I'm excited about the team, and I think they're just going to be fun to watch. Yeah, for me, I I made an analogy to opening Christmas presents. I'm gonna I'm gonna mend that again. So this is like this is like Christmas Day game. You know, the beginning of the season is like Christmas Day. You know, you get a chance to open your new toys. And so these toys are brand new versions of the old toys that you broke. <laughs> so, but you got them again. You open them up. You're like, oh, they're the same toys, but they're brand new. But you're gonna find out whether or not you still love these toys, or they, or they still suck. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to fall in love with them again? Or are they going to be better than what they had before? I have a feeling they're going to be just as bad as you had before. But with this season, you had to, you still have the excitement of opening the presents. And for the whole year, you still had the excitement of hoping they are better than the toys you had before. But I think in the end, you're going to realize they are the same toys and they are who you thought they were. And maybe like one or two that you might want to keep because mm. they're cool. But other ones, you may trade with your friends. So that's how I see the season. It's not bad. I like Thank it. You, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. I think, I think we can all agree that we will be pretty surprised if by the next end of next off season, this roster looks anything like it does right now. I think we would all be pretty surprised because I think if it does look the way it still does, that means something crazy happened. Like guys like Larry, Kobe, really took off. And it's like, oh, we just can't get rid of these guys, you know. Um, 
I think that that would be surprising there. Um, and to get to Dave's point, I really like when you talk about Billy, you know, we have a real coach. Just the things that you were saying is like, you know, talking about teaching these guys and actually teaching them, not just talking about it, but actually going over it, pointing out, look, we did this. We got to fix this. And he explained in, in, in nuance to like KC and them about what he's going to talk to them about. He didn't just give us like spirit and, 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 you know, uh, ch- uh, you know, bulls across the chest and all that nonsense. Uh, I like the fact that when he talked about, you know, we're, we're going to be playing in the drop, you know, drop coverage defense, but he said, you know, I, I saw issues. So I, I felt like we should switch up and that we switched to man to kind of, because I saw the guys were having uh, trouble, um, you know, communicating and, and getting to the assignments. I saw, like, you know, he pointed out Kobe and Zach were kept kind of missing assignments here and there. So I switched it up a little bit. Unlike last year, Boylan, no, we're just going to continue blitzing no matter what. I, I see their issues, but we're just going to keep blitzing all game. No, no changing anything up. So, you know, like I said, those little things, those little nuances, I feel like it, it's something to look forward to you know, as we get into the season. And I think the first two weeks, two, three weeks is going to be pretty much might be our season because that schedule is a little rough. We'll see what happens. If they can, if they can get surprising wins, it might give us a confidence and maybe we'll see what happens. And maybe, you know, the, 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 the roster shuffle, depending on what AK does before the trade deadline. But yeah, just those little nuances. I feel like, you know, we're actually going to get, you know, development as the season goes on. Yeah. Man, I love all the analogies that are flying around. Uh, and a few shows ago when we had John and Matt on and we talked about expectations for the season and what we were looking forward to, I said I was just looking forward to a normal team. <laughs> like, I, I'm fine with the Bulls being bad. That's fine. Like, if we win 22, 20 games, hey, that's cool. But if we're just a normal bad team, I'm great with that. But if we're just a, like we have been the previous years, an abnormal bad team where, you know, your friends are texting you saying, yo, why do the Bulls players, why are they running wind sprints every day? Why are they doing push-ups during practice? Like, why are they, like, climbing the rope and ringing the bell and stuff like that? Like, why are we doing, like, why are they doing all those things? You have to think of answers to that. To me, that's just not appealing. So to see this Bulls team... (laughs) actually have a competent NBA head coach who just wants to talk basketball, who just wants to talk about putting these players in the best position to succeed and isn't uh, quoting Field of Dreams, isn't calling Zach Levine, whatever the (laughs) thing was in Men in Black. Except for four. Yes, there we go. I I never remember the name. But I'm just happy that this is what the case is. So uh, the the preseason action that I've seen so far, it's been pretty solid. I, I like seeing Zach Levine play like this it looks easy for him scoring automatic three level score gets to the rim anytime he wants still athletic as hell I love seeing all of that Lowry marketing mm, he, he had a good game in the uh the uh preseason finale but still kind of up and down I'm still but I'm still excited to see him moving and scoring in different ways he's not just standing in a corner like they're moving him around he's getting the ball in different spots and he's getting to the rim for once so that's been really encouraging to see and man seeing Kobe White just knock down shots like that like he is dangerous 
off the catch and shoot. So even though I know he's supposed to be the lead playmaker this season, I still do hope that we find ways to get him in situations where he can just get the ball and launch because he's got a pretty stroke. It's quick, good mechanics, and he just looks comfortable. Like that's his bag right there when we see all of that. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of good things to uh, to take away from uh, from preseason so far. You know, I think you, I think you hit on it when you just, I think you're just kind of saying that you want to have some sense of normalcy when you watch the Bulls play. It's just a basketball focus rather than like your coach talking about some kind of Nickelodeon high school gym <laughs> montage or ringing the bell and all these kind of crap, running sprints, all that kind of stuff. You want to see like this basketball problems, yeah, not coaching being idiots, all that kind of stuff, yeah, and. I think it's going to be for that for that aspect, you know, new coach. Just all this newness itself is just good. You mentioned Kobe White. One of the biggest things that I worry about Kobe White is that I wonder how long it's going to take for him to sort of figure out when to score, when not to score, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of saw the preseason. Um, you know, some, sometimes he, you know, he waited a little bit to you know get off offensively, and so I guess the last piece of the game, he kind of you know slowed to it a little bit. I worry that I think he kind of needs to score at the back anyway. You know. I think he needs to be because if marketing can score, but he's inconsistent in scoring and I start on the lineup. And to me, if you want to start on the lineup, you, I want two consistent scores. I want Kobe to always think to score mentally. That's my brain. Mm-hmm. But I do get that he's a point guard. He do want to run offense. But I, I just want I don't want to take away from him wanting to score, especially the start lineup, because I know that marketing, even the Pat Williams in the lineup, mm-hmm. those two guys who probably was like to be inconsistent offensively you know, throughout the year. So I don't mind seeing him scoring, trying to score 35 points, but that's just me. Yeah. What, no, you're right. You're right. I agree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, uh, what, what did y'all think of Pat uh, Williams? Because we haven't even had time to really uh, to, to discuss that with you guys. Like, I mean, the, that draft pick was a surprise to many, and a lot of people really didn't know how to feel about that when it happened. And what we've seen from <laughs> preseason so far has been very, very promising. He looks very versatile. He can play on both sides. His jump shot mechanics – it definitely looks like something that we can work with long term. So, I mean, I could see one day where he's actually a, a competent shooter, but there is a lot to like about Patrick Williams. And he was even in the starting lineup the last uh, two games, I believe. And he started a, a small forward while mm-hmm. Otto Porter Jr. came off the bench. So what did y'all make of Patrick Williams in preseason and how he can fit with this team this upcoming year? You go ahead, Chris. Yeah, you know, um, the pick, I was not surprised. I was more underwhelmed just in general because in general in the ABA draft, a number four pick, you kind of hope was more well known and more a more polished guy. But you know, this draft, the you know, the people, the the, the, the people in the draft, you know, they were kind of underwhelming, you know, after the top three, you know, it was like a crapshoot. So in general, overall, I was overwhelmed by the number four pick when I first heard it. But then, you know, you do your research on Pat Williams and after the drive, I thought he was, you know, going to be a solid pro. Now we did a podcast after, uh, after you know, to talk about the draft, and then after the podcast, I watched that video of him playing against Spitz and Dinwiddie. I didn't see that before the podcast we had, so my opinion of him drastically changed. I thought I saw that video with him, you know, running game with, uh, you know, Spitz and Dinwiddie, and him just destroying. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a scrimmage, whatever. He's just playing around, but he was doing things that I didn't know he could do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like him. So I'm like, okay, I think we got a nice steal. I think they scouted him as a high a, a player who has multiple skill sets, which is what you know the you know 
a, you know, AK and obviously want it. A guy, you know, score, shoot, dribble, rebound, play multiple positions. This could pretty much do everything well. And you can, and I don't know how good it's going to be. He's always going to be a pretty good player in the NBA. Pretty good to maybe very good. That's a, that, that's a, that's a nice skill to try to, you know, know to get to. I'll let Dave speak to him being a star liner because I think Dave and I should have said thoughts of him and the star liner and maybe the possible bitch for the Bulls that Pat Williams already made up. Made the starting lineup look very smooth. Uh, he just seemed to fit in naturally, right, Dave? Yeah, like without question. Like from the moment of that opening tip, it was different. There was a rhythm to it, and the Bulls were definitely devoid of rhythm last year and and the previous year and the year before that. <laughs> um, there was no real rhythm to it, but you could see it on the floor as soon as Patrick Williams got in there, especially the, on the defensive end. Everybody knew their role immediately. He, he, his IQ was just, I mean, it was off the charts. Just him knowing exactly where to be, when to, when to lay off of somebody, when, when to uh, blitz somebody, you know what I'm saying? When to lay off the pick and roll, when to just go to the lane and get the rebound, when to stay with his defender so he can drive him to a, a seven footer like Laurie Markkinen so he can block the shot. Like he knew exactly what to do. It was, it's like having a coach, you know what I'm saying, on your team, but it was unspoken. And guys just knew that. And that's what rhythm is. Rhythm isn't spoken. It just is. And it just was watching them do that. And you saw what happened as soon as they would get those steals, what it turned into on the offensive end. Then Zach Levine's running out doing dunks. Then Kobe White's running out stopping for those threes. Lloyd Markin is running out. Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, getting the passes to, to everybody. Like it, it just set up so much for everyone else. I was like, oh yeah, this is your start. And I said it to, listen, I said it to Chris, and in, in, in one of our group chats that we're in, mm-hmm. when there was a clip of uh, Patrick Williams going up against Otto Porter Jr. in practice when he just bodied <laughs> like Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. and kind of threw him back like three feet and then spun and went up. And I said, this is your starting. This is your starting forward. I was like, that's it. Otto Porter Jr. is done. <laughs> he's not starting. That's it. He's, he's not. You can't put that on the bench. There's no reason to put that on the bench. And that's why I like Billy Donovan so much. He's like, who's the most talented? Who's the best fit? You put your best players in your starting lineup, man. You put your best fits in the starting lineup. And Otto Porter Jr. is more comfortable coming off the bench because he doesn't have to worry about, uh, man, what do I have to do on the the defensive end? He knows what to do offensively, but he doesn't have to worry about it so much on the defensive end. Patrick Williams got him on both sides of the ball, man. It makes it look easy. And now Otto Porter Jr. can come in that second unit and, and score. And you saw him, how comfortable. You saw how comfortable Otto Porter Jr. looks with that second unit. Like, cool, I'm the best player right now for my team. Give me the ball. I'm going to score. We're gonna, these shots are going up. So, yeah, I, I, he's, he's been awesome. He's, and, pe- and I'm sure you guys ran into these people who were very upset <laughs> at the Bulls for <laughs> drafting Patrick Williams. Yeah. And, I, and I couldn't understand it because all my whole thing was, okay, it, and I kept saying, we want Hot Mike doing the draft live. And I said, okay, all right, I don't know who he is, but you know what? I trust AK and Mark Eversley. I know that. <laughs> so it, I'm trusting them, and they haven't done anything to say that they're idiots when, in, in the time I've been following following them even before they came here to Chicago. So why would they start now? I'm just going ahead and trust that they know what they're doing. And people were like, well, we haven't seen him, so he sucks. What do you need? No. <laughs> that's a horrible That's a horrible assessment of talent. And just seeing how good he's been and just 
the quick turnaround you've seen just in one game for Bulls fans. Like, you know what, Patrick Williams might be rookie of the year now. Because, you know, Bulls fans, it's extreme. Yeah. You know, it's either the worst or he's the greatest ever. Yeah. So now they're leaning more towards he's the greatest ever right now. It's a good feeling, no doubt. I'm just glad Bulls Nation is happy. Yeah, for me, I I, I didn't – like, I was like, okay – all right, cool. Yeah. Let's let's see what he can do. And you know, I didn't know anything about him. We had guys like Spencer Perlman on, you know, telling us his game. Um, you know, we're learning more about him. I said, okay, this guy definitely looks more versatile than originally I thought he would be. And I was like, you know, knowing this draft the way it is, I think I'll say even like the entire draft, not only just after the top three. I think the entire draft is a crapshoot. Like even the top three guys, a lot of red flags none of those guys are guaranteed to be, Oh yeah, these guys are it, you know, like for sure, these guys are going to be stars. No, no, there's no Zions. There's no Lucas. There's no John Morant's in this draft. Right. I mean, eventually maybe down the line, someone will come out and be like, Oh yeah, there's a Donovan Mitchell that we found on, on number 14 or something like that. But no one, no one off the bat that comes in and says, yeah, I got to have this guy. It's me and Ed kept saying it's a, my draft my guy draft, you know? Mm. So I was like, okay with it. And I was like, and you see him and you, you talk about, so I wasn't, I wasn't on the negative side when we drafted him, but I, I, I did put a bet in for him to be rookie of the year. This is my first ever bet. My first ever bet. I looked at the (laughs) odds. I was like, look, he's going to get the start. It's looking like he's going to be the starting, you know, starting for us. I'll be surprised if Donovan all of a sudden doesn't start him. Um, it'd be kind of weird because he started him the last two games, and then I'm, I'm guessing that he's going to start. He's going to get minutes, I think. He's going to get comfortable, and I think eventually, seeing that this draft, there's no one that's really going to run away. I don't know if anyone's really going to run away with rookie of the year mm-hmm. from the from the start. So I think there might be a good chance. I put a I put a small bet in. It could it could pay out really well because of <laughs> the way the odds were working out. Because he was like, like his odds were like one of the low, lower ones. So I was like, yeah. Whatever. I'm feeling Project Pat. By the way, that nickname is awesome. <laughs> and let's go with it. So, you know, Balls. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going with it. And I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for, for Pat Will. Man, if, if they if they if he's in a starting lineup for the majority of the year and the Bulls look like they really improved from last year, yeah. th- that argument is way strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's way super strong. Like he just. It's just, you see it though immediately, right? Like you see it immediately on the court, like how everything changed from game two, from game one to game two to game three. Like you saw the change, you see it immediately, man, and how simple the game looked. And you guys know I'm, I'm a huge fan of point guards, mm. but I'm, I'm because point guards remove thinking. I say that all the time, and you just saw that with Patrick Williams. You just saw guys not thinking out there; they was just doing it. And that's what great players do. They remove thinking from people, man. And he was doing that, especially on the defensive end. He just made it easy for them, man. So I, it, it excited me. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I, I, I think, was to say, uh, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I, what I was going to say is that I think was kind of was kind of not being was kind of being unsaid is that his teammates don't have to worry about him on both ends of the court. It's it's like they know that on defense they don't have to recover to help him. They know on offense he's not going to take bad shots. He's not going to take up their shots. So it's like there's no compensating for anything that he does bad on the floor. So like, like Dave said, like we're saying, just all being comfortable with him on the floor, you know, and, and had that in the starting lineup, man, and in a rookie at right now is a, is a real benefit. 
and other thing I'll add too, like people talk about you know ceiling and things like that. Uh, and when he when we take in, it's like, oh, this is a a boomer bust pick. But I don't think there's any boom in this pick because I think he, I, I think I truly feel his his, his floor is a like fifth best starter. Mm. Like I think he can. That's his floor because he's a guy that at worst he's going to be a three and D player. Mm-hmm. I feel like. A guy that, because his defensive IQ is off the charts. Like the things that he already can read, knows when to help out, knows when to rotate, versatility. The guy can, he really does look like he can at least guard like four positions. Like he's strong enough to body bigs. And as you pointed out, like guys bounce off him when he's driving. Um, And then you saw him kind of keep up with guards. Like he kept up with John Wall a little bit. Uh, he had that, he ate up Melodon uh, when, on that drive. He stuck, he got him on the three-point line, stuck with him all the way to the drive, and just ate him up uh, mm-hmm. to the basket. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I feel like that's, and like I said, maybe I'm drinking a lot of Kool-Aid right now on him, but I, I feel it. I feel like he's going to be like one of those guys that's a, a fifth-best starter at, at worst, and he's just always going to be a positive impact player. No, drink away, Celine. Sip yeah. it, man. Sip it slow. It tastes good right now. It feels good. Yeah, feels I'm all right. Because right. and, and and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's going to be a star like ever. I don't know about that. I know people right. like right. people messing around with the Kawhi clips and stuff like right. that. I mean, right. that's that's pipe dreaming, right? You know, right. I mean, but you, Kawhi, you know, you know, good when you see it. Though. Yeah, but I I see like a guy that I see a guy that's going to be in the league for like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going to be a positive impact player for 10, 15 years. And, mm. and he doesn't have to be a star. Like, you're right. I think a lot of fans want a hero all the time, especially when you're drafting that high in a class. But this is this is merely the first of what's to come. And I think if this pick establishes the type of team that Carnivorous and Eversley want to build and it's a successful pick, then that's really the most you can absolutely ask for. If you're expecting Patrick Williams to be hanging the seventh banner from the United Center, then, I mean, you're going to be disappointed. But he can still play a key role in what the Bulls are trying to do, especially in his modern NBA, because he's a 3-4 who can provide versatility. And like you guys have been saying, he doesn't kill you on either end of the court. And when you just watch him on the court, he just he's an NBA player. He does NBA yes. things. He's ahead of the curve. He does the small things. He does both of those things. He does those things on both ends of the court. And that's a really good thing compared to what we've been getting out of a small forward position, which has been really nothing when Otto Porter's been like injured. And like So this is a welcome, welcome uh, addition to the team. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And I hope that they continue to roll with him and yeah. the ups and downs he's going to have as a rookie throughout the season. So I, I was absolutely thrilled to see Billy Donovan uh, put him in the starting lineup and he's responded well. Like he he definitely seems way beyond his years. So yeah, like mm-hmm. we we've been on here, we've just been pre- preaching like, hey, give this guy a chance. He doesn't yes. need to be the number one player on a championship team. He doesn't even need to really be Scottie Pippen for this pick to really be a successful pick for this new regime. All he has to do is provide that versatility, play well on both ends of the court, 
and just add value to the team by doing the the little things that matter. Like if he's this if he's this regime's uh, Luol Deng, I'm cool with that. No, I, I wouldn't be. <laughs> I need to be better. I don't want Luol Deng. I don't want Luol Deng. I don't want Luol Deng, brother. I'll be cool with Deng. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I'll be cool with him being Luol Deng right now. But right now, if he ends up being Luol Deng, I'm I'm not going to be. Not happy. even like All Star Luol Deng. Like prime, nah, like prime. <laughs> <laughs> come on, oh man! I, I need more, man. I, I need, need more. more. I need more than that. I want because I, it's just because of what I see. It's just because of what my my brain, my basketball brain, and my basketball eyes are telling me. Right? I'm like, well, he's all he can be all day now. I have no problem with that. Mm. And and real quick before I even go deeper in that, like just the fact that I we're, we're heaping all this praise on him, mm. but just watching him play, you can still tell he's a rookie. Because you'll see him make certain mistakes out there on the offensive end, but they're not like, oh my God, you can't play basketball mistakes. You know what I'm saying? They're, oh, you've never been in the league mistakes. Like, you know, he'll get a charge called on him. You know, it'll be little things like that. Or he'll he'll swipe at the ball in front of the ref or something like that. Like, it's little stuff. And I'm like, well, man, if he's there right now, that's exciting. Because that stuff certain rookies don't learn even in their fifth year, you know? And that's why they're out the league so fast and things like that. But he, he's doing little things that just basketball nerds like myself and, and all you guys, like he's just doing those little things that just make you excited. But but yeah, man, like as far as, yeah, Lou all day, I, I need more than that. Oh, he can't man. be just Lou all day. I, oh. I, can't, I can take it now. I promise you, I can take it now. I can take it for the next couple years. But the stuff I saw, and I don't know if Dub is with me or not on this, but the stuff I saw. Oh, really? Nice. I'm like, yeah, what'd really you say? Nice. What's your question? Listen, Dave, don't worry, don't, don't worry, Dave. Pat Williams, Pat Williams can dribble, so we can get <laughs> yeah. He's already going to, I know already next year it's going to be. It's gonna yeah, be man. Dude, I, need, I, need, I need a little more. Because we, me and Doug, we, we knew what Luol Deng was. We, we talked about it a lot on our old podcast. We, we knew what he was from the moment that we got him. We said he was going to make two all-star appearances. We said possibly two, then we was like, it ain't one, but possibly two. Yeah, we was like, he's going to get that. You know, I was like, but we knew what his peak was. Like, I don't know where Patrick Williams' peak is yet. I knew where Luol's peak was the moment I saw him. And I, and Patrick's, I I still don't know. A lot higher, a lot higher than that. Like, it it could be higher. Yeah, it could be higher. Mm -hmm. Like, because, and then that's the, that's the beauty of it. Like, even Salim saying his floor is being the fifth best starter. Right now, you know what I'm saying, as a rookie, like that's impressive to me, you know, hearing something. And that's completely accurate, you know, saying that he can be the fifth best starter on your team right now. That means even though you're not relied upon, we still need you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You still got to be out there. We got to have you like that. That's awesome to be as a rookie season right now. Mm -hmm. Luol Dane, he he worked his way up to being that third guy, you know what I'm saying, that third guy. And sometimes that second guy that the Bulls needed, man, but – we we knew what he was though. We are. I promise you. I we knew what that. Oh, yeah, well, the podcast out there. If you could search them, we, 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 <laughs> you know. The one thing I like about Pat is that he 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 likes guys challenging his jump shot, even in college. Like you jumping in his face is like he wants that, and that's in, that's kind of impressive to me. You know, for someone as a rookie, because normally you want a guy in a rookie, you think he wants open shots in the offense. Pat Williams kind of welcomes someone to compete and try to block a shot. It doesn't phase him. He goes straight up and, and like, so he wants that. He's so, he, so he's confident in himself in his game, what he does. Not that I have a feeling that we're going to see him just propel offensively throughout the year 
on a gradual kind of basis. Because I think, you know, he's going to realize, oh, I'm betting him. I get that shot off now. Like they said, I don't have to make that charge, right? I can just, you know, get up and shoot. You know, so, like, you just see that he's going to improve gradually after the year. So, uh, so, yeah. let, so let's say this. All right, assuming assuming uh, that Patrick Williams is in the starting lineup for the Bulls on opening night, and we were talking earlier about the expectations that we have for this team and how excited we are just for normal basketball, just for some competence. I know most Bulls fans, if not all, nobody's really predicting that this team is going to go to the playoffs, this team is going to be big and bad, whatever, whatever. I think a lot of people are just saying, hey, let's play some logical basketball let's improve put players in the right position to succeed and if they lose games while doing that hey that's fine too so what is your what is your prediction for the regular season I think the over under on wins for the Bulls this year is 30 and a half and you got to keep in mind that's with a uh, 72 game schedule so where do you see the team uh falling in the Eastern Conference Playoffs. <laughs> Finals. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. I I've said on multiple shows that I thought I thought this Bulls team was a playoff team, but uh-huh. that changed when Russell Westbrook <laughs> went to Washington, and I was like, oh, I was like, okay, because for me, there were only six sure teams that I was like, these six teams are going to the playoffs, and the Bulls could kind of compete for the last two, but getting Washington. And, and Russell Westbrook, that makes it seven. For, Cause dude, you got two of the best guards in, in the, in the East period. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in Russell Westbrook and, and, uh, uh, Bradley Bill. And I like Denny. I still like Denny. Like that, that was my guy. He's going to be starting in that preseason game tonight, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I like Denny. I think he's going to be a good contributor for them, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the playoffs. So if that's seven teams and then it's that eighth seed, and then you got Atlanta, you got Charlotte, who I think you got got better. You got Orlando, who was in the playoffs last year, you know, and then you throw the Bulls, you know, into the mix with that. It's it's going to be much, much, much tougher, man, for me to say they're going to make the playoffs. But I guess that's my goal is for them to at least make the play-in game. Uh, that would be awesome if they did that. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, great. But I just want to see – if they get 30 wins, I mean, I'm going to be over the moon. I would be super excited. If they get those 30 wins, I'll be like, cool. Cause you just want something to build on this season. You know what I'm saying? Coming off of just the atrocities of the last few years, you want something to just build on and to be excited about and to say, okay, this is good. We know we got this. We know we got this and we know we got this. And I think a lot of those questions are going to be answered this year. Mm-hmm. Cause there are a lot of guys who are question marks, including my main man, Lord uh, Lowry marketing who are question marks this year. Those questions are definitely going to be answered this year. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll go with that thirty win uh total. I'll stick with that, and but I'll say they'll they'll I, I'll I'll call them in the playing game. I'll I'll, I'll throw them in the playing game. Man, thirty wins is eight more wins than last year. Yeah. Uh, I, in my head, twenty seven wins is stuck in my head. I don't know why. Twenty seven because you hate people. That's why. It's in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, torture myself. <laughs> torture myself. Yeah, but that man, that you know, I, playoffs is hard, man. It's gonna be hard for this year. It's gonna be hard. I, I just have a feeling at the end of the year we're gonna realize that a lot of these players are gonna be gone. Um, yes, <laughs> but it's fun. But this this year should be much you know much fun more, much more fun to watch. Uh, yeah, so 27 is in my head. Like you said, Dave Washington, 
You know, see Indiana, even though Indiana, we might see, yeah, you know, they're gonna fall off, but are they gonna fall by fifteen games? Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, Detroit's better than Atlanta. You know, Atlanta may be the team that everyone thinks is gonna be good, but it turned out may not be that good. But thank you, dude. I've been talking about this for days. People are in love with them. Oh, really? I'm like, I don't. I'm like, y'all told me this last year. Like, they had them in the playoffs last year, and they were, and the Bulls were better than them record wise. I get it. And they didn't do my theory. Your point guard is like fast seven, one twenty, the best player. As <laughs> good as he is, he's you can't good. win a lot. So he's good. You can't they're win deep, a lot. Like I mean, they're deep, but you know yeah, they, they have nine season. new players on their team, and I'm like, that's it's, that's going to be really hard to jail in a short season, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, think, I, I think they. I mean, I think they'll be better than the Bulls, but I, I don't know how much better. Um, it's it's going to be defense for them. That's going to mm. come down to, uh, you know, as as great as Trey is on offense, that that guy can. There's nothing he can't do on offense. But defensively, this guy gave up thirty and ten to Sato uh, to Sadoransky. Yes. Thirty and ten. He Sato was giving him the business. <laughs> yes. Like so, that's what I look at his defense. He's probably he is arguably the worst defender in the league. Mm. Like mm. the worst. Like. Like 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 poo like dog dirt poo <laughs> bad on defense like that's what I I look at him and it's like and he doesn't even try sometimes like he just like eh, eh, go ahead so I lay up let me let me get back on offense so it's like we'll see how the how much better they get they probably like I said they probably are, I would say probably are in that eight spot because they were pretty bad last year and and granted they added players they didn't add like superstars you know. They didn't add any all stars. Obviously, Trey will continue to get better, but we'll see how how much better they are. But yeah, I I, I think the Bulls will probably be in that like I, I had like twenty nine thirty wins. I, maybe that's enough for the tenth, uh, the playing tenth playing spot. But like I said, you know, if they're if they're in that vicinity and we see improvements, I'll be happy. Yeah the the only teams I have the Bulls being better than are Charlotte, Detroit. Knicks, Cavs. Outside of that, if they're better than any of the, those other teams, it'll be a pleasant surprise to me. Atlanta, Atlanta, I, I definitely could see being a little overrated. Maybe they're closer to tenth than they are to seventh or eighth. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, like I said, to me, if the Bulls make the play-in game, yo, that that'd be fantastic. That'd be great because yeah. then we could actually watch some meaningful basketball. <laughs> we could watch actually watch some entertaining Bulls basketball for once. So, I mean, yo, I I would be cool with that. But my expectations for the team this season, in terms of just win loss wise, are just they're they're very low. And I I want to leave plenty of room to be happy and pleasantly surprised. Because the past, what, like last year, we were talking about this team uh, sneaking into the playoffs. And then, you know, a year later, we were just like, well, you know, the Bulls still sucks. And uh, we're trying to get rid of all the people that we signed in free agency. So, I mean, that's that's great. But, yeah, I, I, my expectations right now are they're, they're, they're very low to the floor. <laughs> mm, you know, I, and just to throw another analogy in the analogy pile that we have, that we have <laughs> built up here, because I've said this to uh, I've said this to Dub about Billy Donovan is Billy Donovan is like a stepdad. Like he's coming in, and when you got a, a good stepdad, you know, uh, and I mean a good stepdad, you know, mm-hmm. a one that actually loves you, <laughs> you know, and cares about you. <laughs> but when you're a kid and you've had the dad beforehand. 
who was locking you in the closet, you know, what <laughs> I mean? and, and, and hitting you with the wire hangers and all that stuff. Like, so when Billy comes at you or you mess up, you, you're going to be like, yeah, don't hit me. And he's like, son, it's OK. I love you. you know, it's all right. Come <laughs> give me a hug. It's OK. Come sit down. Let's have a conversation. I kind of think that's what it is with guys like Lowry. And I hope that's what it is with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, because I haven't been impressed with him at all so you, far. You don't like him shooting threes? <laughs> hey, call me crazy. <laughs> but I, I haven't been a huge... I, I, I'm okay with him taking him in the preseason, but dude, he can't shoot. Come on, one for 16. Bro, come on, man. That's that's just bad. That's just that's just bad. I, I think he does need to take him. I mean, I don't think he should be yeah. taking five and a half. I think that, and I think that was just because it was preseason. Correct. Um, I, I think you'll probably see him take like two, three a game uh, when it's said and done. What I want to see him do, I want to see them get that pick and pop going at the free throw line elbow jumper. That I think will get him into rhythm. And yes. that's how he can really contribute as a scorer on offense. And I've seen like, I've seen some good things that like, I, like his passing has been solid. I, he's contributed in that area. Uh, I know defensively he's been if, if up and down, but like I'm not worried about him defensively because we already know he's a really good defender and it's a new scheme. So he's kind of learning how to, you know, recover for his teammates and, and cover for his teammates and things like that. So I think once, once we get a few games under his belt, you'll see him bounce right back and be the, you know, phenomenal defender that he is. But yeah, the offensively, I just want to see him hit that mid range jumper Mm-hmm. make a couple of nice reads, uh, passes, getting, finding guys cutting to the basket or kicking it out to an open three, uh, Zach at the corner three or something like that, you know, as like a short roll big or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, three-point wise, I don't think he'll be taking that many threes in a game. I think it was just because Agreed. it's preseason. See, no, I, I said the same thing, Celine. I, I, I don't think that's what's, what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it to start because I know he's getting over – what he did last year because he had his whole game broken down and his, his whole psyche kind of broken down. Like you, you're not going to be shooting these mid range shots. And he's like, that's really all I do. And, and so now when stepdad is like, it's okay that you do that. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. You know, he's confused about, it. I get all that, but I don't, I'm not convinced that he's a starting center for this team. I'm just, I'm not convinced about it yet. Like I, when I think of Daniel Gaffrey and I just know the simplicity that he brings to the starting lineup where I know that he's going to get rebounds, block shots, and he's going to run the floor. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, and he doesn't need the basketball. And I got four other guys out there who who can score the ball and he just will get the offense rebound. He's a really good offensive rebounder. And I think that fits well when I'm talking about the starting lineup. And I think Wendell Carter Jr. coming off the bench would be vicious. I really do. I think that would be really awesome. I'm not saying Gaffer's better than him because he's not. He's not a better basketball player. He uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is definitely more skilled. But I just think the fit, I think Gaffer might be a better fit. Might be. Unless unless I start seeing some stuff from Wendell Carter Jr. this regular season that I haven't seen yet, I, I think Gaffer's a better fit. Dude, I think you're saying Gaffer's a better center. <laughs> starting center. Well, yeah, well and, uh, he's seven feet tall. That that helps. Right, 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 right. Because like the idea that he's a better player is not true, but definitely a better center. And and to go back a little bit, when one, one thing I would do worry about a little bit is that Billy Donovan has expressed several times that he does want him. He doesn't mind shooting those threes. I know it's preseason. And he just saying that, but maybe it's for real. Maybe he's like, I don't care if you shoot out of threes. I hope that's not the case. I hope that's a lot of pick and pops, fifteen 
for jump shots. But I've seen that done with, with him picking popping like twice. She's, unless I missed something, it won't like by accident. Uh, so I do worry that Billy Donovan is giving him a big, a big, a big green light in that in the starting lineup to shoot more threes to spread the floor uh, for you know for Zach and whatnot. I hope that's not the case. Uh, but I do hope that the pick and pop game, this this team to me is like prime for a pick and pop game with Lori and with a Carter all game long. Mm. But you know, I know it's like a '90s game, but I think that's actually what it is. You know, Lori is not a great three point shooter. He can shoot three, he can hit three. He's a good shooter for some footer, but he's not a great shooter. I mean, he's just not. He's not great. So I would want to see pick and pop all day long. With him and Wendell, if Wendell's a start lineup, or even not in the start lineup. But Dave, man, that I agree. Six, like you said, mentioned before, six nine, starting center in NBA. You gotta be special athlete. If you're not a special, special. athlete, it's six nine. He, Wendell Carter is a average to slightly above average athlete in the NBA. You gotta be special athlete in the NBA. You gotta have long arms, you gotta have a quick jump, you know, these quick instincts. And he kinda has those, but he's not special. In that category, in that in those in those categories, as a starting center, and like you said, Dave, it's not like he's out there like, oh, he got to start. Why? Like, because you drafted him. He didn't draft him, so so, so maybe maybe he does have to start. If we're keeping it under the stepdad analogy with the window Carter threes, <laughs> it's you. like uh, it's like when your stepdad moves in and all of a sudden he lets you stay up late eating whatever food you want. <laughs> So you're just like pounding bags of chips and you're just pounding Pepsi and and, and the mom is looking at you like, are you going to tell him the son? He's not going to eat that much Pepsi. He's not, I mean, not going to drink that much Pepsi. He's not going to eat that much chips every night. So eventually it's going to it's going to slow down a little bit. Like he's not going to take six, seven yeah. threes again. Like you guys said, he's going to take maybe two, three, four. And sure. to me, the thing that I like about this, even though he's missing all of them except a few I, I I like that they're I like that one one one, one. 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 I tried I tried to I tried to make it a little better so yeah, one good effort I'm proud of you good effort that was nice. but I, I like that his mechanics to me look good for the most part they don't look bad and I like that the shots are wide open now people will say yes he's wide open for a reason but to me I think that. In order for Wendell to really unlock his skill set on offense, I think he does have to start taking these open jumpers that teams are giving him because as a really good passer, I think once he starts making these shots, his ability to pass will be able to become even more effective because then all of a sudden teams are going to have to come out and close on him. And if he can beat that closeout and he can start dishing other players on the team I think you have a little bit more now right now he's just roaming and if he gets that if he gets the ball and he's wide open for three you're basically just have five players sagging back and they can just cover an extra man so he's gotta he's gotta start making that shot at some point now if we're a couple months into the season and Wendell still won for uh 70 billion then all right we gotta we gotta reel that back in Okay, so so I like what you said. One, be wide open for a 15-foot jump shot, not a three every time. Mm-hmm. But if you have the three open, 
I mean, it, how do you feel about Wendell Carter Jr.? Is that Pat Williams out there with the ball handling skill? He's not going to punt, take, and dribble ball four times to create. Yeah. So that threat is kind of not there You because mm. he's a good passer. But sometimes Wendell on offense can overthink a little bit and get kind of clogged up mm. and disrupt like the flow of the offense if he, if he feels like the dribble and kind of do, do, do more stuff with the ball and make decisions. Mm. And I think we kind of seen that. So – if you're better at like pump faking, driving hard, making decisions off the dribble, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. Then that's like, oh, I got to guard this guy, right? And he's he also threatening me off the dribble. That threat off the dribble to me, I don't see it there or not there yet. Or I don't see him willing to explore that that much, honestly. Yeah, we he's he's got a ways to go. And like right now, it's kind of the uh, like when Joe Kim Noah would get the ball wide open. Like he would just dribble and dribble, and teams were sagging back. I don't know how Joe Kino was still a really good passer despite that. The man was special with it, but if Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be on the court, he's gotta he's gotta take those shots. Like he's gotta take at least a few of those wide open threes that teams are giving him each game. This is what Joe would do. Joe Joe would pump fake. And he would yell, "Come get the ball. Let's let's set the screen so I can roll to the basket and yeah. post up." Yeah. That's what he was doing. I got, oh, I'm lost. Hurt, come on, come on, come on, come on. Screen, roll. Boom. I'm yeah. in my zone. When it, when it was, you know, I hope Wendell gets, <laughs> gets to that point. But he, but he had to take the – I was having this same discussion on Twitter during the game. And mm-hmm. I was saying the same – Ed, you're dead on. Like, that's exactly right. When you, you have to take those shots to keep the floor balanced. Like, he has to take them if he's that wide open. Uh, on the baseline, I mean, top of the key, wherever. You've got to take that shot just to keep the floor balanced and keep everything moving. Mm. I don't want you taking 10 of them. Of course not. Mm. Um, but, you know, like Celine pointed out, like this is preseason. Like, yeah, it's comfortable. It's fine here. But regular season, you yeah, you wide open for those two, those three. Sure. Go ahead. Pull the trigger on it. Keep the floor balanced. You know, let's see if we can get that offensive rebound if it comes off. But, dude, if yeah, if he's going, like you said, one for 70 billion, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's going to have to stop. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, I, for me, I just I I'm not as high on Gafford. I mean, I, I like him. I think he's a nice energy big off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what the ceiling is coming in. Give you like 15, maybe 20 minutes. Just come in, get some rebounds, get the dunks, you know, and, and like you said, run the floor. But I don't think he's a starting center in this league. Uh, so and and hey, look, Wendell, when it's said and done, maybe he isn't either. I, I think his, his ceiling is definitely a lot higher. Mm. And I feel like, I feel like he will eventually develop. And when you talk about like size, I, I, he does have the wingspan he's long in that sense. He's not seven feet, obviously like as height wise, right. but he is, he does have a long reach. Like seven, four wingspan. If I yeah. 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 He has long. That's what you really got to look at. You know, when we talk about, I remember back in the day when Jerry Cross would talk about Elton brand, like long, <laughs> Like that's that does matter. That's what really is not just about um, you know, being a seven six. I mean, like Yao Ming was seven six, but that guy had crocket like not crocket, but like T Rex hands for his size. That's why sometimes he really wasn't like a threat as a shot blocker and things like that, because mm-hmm. he just didn't have that that same reach. And that's why you saw like Nate Robinson dunk on him and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, but I'm saying I, I think he he has a he has a physicality to be a center. He had like the size, the size to be the center. When you think, look at that, and I, I think, I think the rhythm will get there. Just about getting shooting is all about rhythm, especially when you're when you're learning how to shoot. Repetition, 
you know, keep hoisting shots. In practice, you got to hoist shots. When you're open, he needs to be confident. And what I like to see, let's get him in that corner three. Mm-hmm. The corner three, I think that's where he can really get his confidence going. I don't like really the top of the key as much, like right, right in front of the perim- in the perimeter. But let's get him some corner looks, and I think that will probably help him as get some uh, get some nice you know baskets going. Seeing seeing the ball go in, that'll help him get his confidence going too. I want to see some fifteen foot jump shots. Give me that first, honestly. No, I, I, I want to see that too. I want to see that too. But I think, I think if you if you're gonna give him threes, I like to see him get some corner corner shot opportunity. Yeah, that's I'd, I'd love to see the Al Horford shot. Like Al Horford made a living with the yeah. like that eighteen footer. I'd love to see when no Carter mm-hmm. Jr. become like a master yeah. mid range shot. And, and you know what's funny about? It? I know there's three. I know these are only three pieces of games, but in the office last year, those shots were there. Now, to we all know that his head was messed up because of the coach. He didn't take them. In this offense. Those shots don't appear to be there as much. It's just him in opening three. So it's like, you got to shoot a three. I want to see him in positions more where he's open for a 15-foot jump shot. That's what I honestly think the sweet spot is. And then he can roam outside. But I haven't seen those opportunities for him in the three pieces, pieces of games in this offense for that 15-foot jump shot. It's not like it's not, in, it's not inside the offense. It's, it's either he's maybe have a post up or he's in the corner or you know, on top of the key with open three. Hmm. And so I, I think – I want to. I hope they can get him easier, easier shot close to the basket, and, and they encourage him to do so. And, and one of the things I think we worry about is that we know mentally we always kind of like. At least I do. I'm like, where is he at mentally? Because he's always saying I could do better. Well, I'm gonna show you this. I'm gonna show you that. And he hasn't really shown us the other part he's been talking about for the last two years. So I, I, I hope mentally he gets it. He gets it. He gets it straight about what he wants to do as a player. And uh, and I hope he doesn't get caught up in thinking he has to be this great three point shooter. Yeah, I, I hope that – I'm hoping that Window can meet his upside because I still believe in him as a starting center of his team, but we're going to we're gonna see what progress he can make as a three-point shooter, and we're going to see if he can sink or swim in his new Billy Donovan offense. So real quick, uh, before we wrap up, I do want to touch on Lowry Markkinen and oh. his contract situation and what we can – Thought expect. I was going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't going to be that easy, so <laughs> – what are your thoughts? Like, Larry Markkinen, contract year, uh, Bulls and Markkinen are far apart in negotiations. He's he's had some, like, uh, like some up and down in preseason, but, it, again, it's encouraging that he's getting the ball more on the move. He's not staying in, standing in the corner just waiting for a jump shot. So how do you see Larry Markkinen performing this season, and do you think that ultimately the Bulls re-sign him to a contract? Oh, man. Um, I mean, he's performed okay in the preseason. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Uh, I like the fact that he looked better than what I saw last year, excluding game one. Uh, I just like the fact he looked better. He looks more aggressive. Um, he looks stronger. Uh, he looks like he's trying to go to the bucket and not just stand out there and be Luke Cornette, uh, which is never what you want to do in life <laughs> as a basketball player. Uh, but I, I like those things. Those are nice, but those threes aren't falling because as Chris keeps telling me and, and beating me in the head with, he's not a great shooter, um, but he's so wide open and he can fool people into thinking he's a great shooter that I just wish he would pump fake it and go to the cup and dunk on people all day long. I'm Learn not, to Nico. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Learn to Nico, but put skill to it. Yes, exactly right. Learn that pump fake, but then put it on the floor and go to the bucket. Now we saw him do that a few times. 
uh, during his preseason, which was encouraging for me. But it still looks, it still doesn't look uh, rhythmic yet. It still kind of feels robotronic, like he's still getting out of bad habits. Like even the play where he got the ball, um, I believe it was on the left side of the court uh, in the post, where he was backing down on uh, the defender and he spun to the baseline for his uh, fadeaway shot. I hadn't seen him do that since Finley. You know what I mean? And just the fact he took that encouraged me, but he didn't look comfortable taking it and he didn't look strong taking it. But for me, that's him learning like, oh, my God, stepdad is going to let me do this. Like it, it got me excited that they ran three straight plays for him. They're running plays for him. Like he ain't used to that. Like he's not used to that. When, when the last coach is like you get the rebound and, and, you know, that's how you start your offense. They're not telling him that they're like, no, we're going to run plays for you and figure out, you know, what you can do best. So I'm excited that they're trying. Billy Donovan is incorporating him to the offense because that's how you have to do with Lowry. We've seen that he will disappear on you if he's not involved. So you have to get him involved. And I like the fact that they're looking at him and they're saying, you've got all the tools, everything about you says you should be a really good basketball player. So now it's just all up here. Now it's all mental for Laurie. So, cause all the excuses are removed. All of them, all of the excuses are removed. He has to play. He has to ball out. So that's what I'm looking forward to him doing as far as the contract negotiations. I mean, I believe Monday is the deadline. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah tomorrow. 21st. Okay. That's the deadline. Hopefully they reach something before then. I don't know. I just saw Kyle Kuzma signed a three-year, $40 million deal to stay uh, with the Lakers. That might be what the Bulls are looking to uh, give Lowry and his agents like, well, we want more than that, which is right. He should want more, but you've got to play better. Like It's really that simple. Um, you've got to play better. you got to show that. So it feels like they're not going to get that contract signed. It's going to be a prove-it season uh, for Lowry. And I like that. I want all of that kind of pressure on him because he's got to show it, man. Like, I, be- I believe in him and I believe he has the skill and I really believe he has the talent to be that kind of basketball player. But, I mean, he's got to show it in the end because, you know, saying ain't like doing. And he keeps saying he was because I heard him say, you know, it's, it was night and day from, you know, last year to this year as far as the scheme and as far as the things that he's learning. That's great. Like, I hear you talking, you know what I'm saying? But I need you to go out there. And I need you to prove it to me. Last game, what, 22 and five, if I'm not mistaken. But it was it was a hard 22. You know what I mean? It wasn't an easy 22. It wasn't a simple 22. And I need I need those simple 22s from Lowry. You know what I mean? I need that. Oh, yeah, we getting this every single night from Lowry Marketing. This is what we can depend on. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I, I, hope, I hope it works out because I, I definitely got faith in his game. Yeah, yeah Lowry makes it difficult. Because Kuzma, you know, we kind of know. <laughs> I think we know. Kuzma is selling, right? I think people know what you're going to get from Kuzma. Laurie, in your head, you're still saying there's probably more. Mm-hmm. In his head, it's they're saying he wants to be paid more because you pay for potential, right? You don't want to you invest, you don't want to pay for what he's done. And he has not proven to this point that he's worth, you know, more than what Kyle Kuzma's getting. But in your head, you if you do sign him for around that money, Potentially, he could be a bargain going forward if he finally reaches the potential that we could, he, could, he could hit. So it's like, so like you want to reward him for, the, I guess, having an okay three or four years, but at the same time, you want to pay him, you know, uh, money. That we, we think we think he may be kind of worth, you know, down the road as well as, of course, he thinks he's probably worth more than what the Wolves think. So it's hard to be in the middle. And 
and, and Lars seems like a guy, based on what I've heard, that he really wants to stick with one team mm-hmm. and play with the Bulls. But the Bulls, then these, these this front office didn't draft them. They're not attached to him. And, and I'm in the front office. I'm like, okay, I don't know what they're negotiating, but I'm like, if, it, if it's something I think is overpaid, I'm like, well, I haven't seen it. Like, you want this? You haven't shown me that you can get that to the level. You know, and I've, I've seen you still being like year two in the NBA. I haven't seen the national progression for you to be great. I think you can be, but I haven't seen it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, I don't know. There'll be something bad. I don't know. I just don't know. With like marketing, because you know, Dave, there's some dumb gems out there, and they'll love. I'm not to say that Laurie is a bad bargain, <laughs> but if you see potential, they love to get guys. You know, they think yeah. they could turn around and help sure. help their team out. But um, yeah, they're not they're not attached to Laurie. So I understand why they're probably a little more apprehensive as far as like giving him a little more money than what they think he deserves. Yeah, for me, it's like, look, I, I would be f- comfortable like with four years, sixty million. That's fifteen. That's like fifteen a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to add incentives, say, look, dude, if you become an all star, you can get this much more or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. But for me, it's like. At some point, I'm a finance guy, so I, I think about sunk cost. Mm-hmm. At some point, if this guy doesn't show improvement and we extend him to like a 20 plus, 20 a million a year contract, that just becomes a bad, you know, bad contract. And, and like I said, when we get to the offseason, let's say a team, even though he doesn't show the good drastic improvement, a team offers him a crazy contract, I'll let him walk. Mm. because it's like, look, like I said, sunk cost, it is what it is. You know, we, we ideally it would have been nice to get something for him, but it's better off to not match that bad contract or have him on a bad contract in general right now than to be stuck with that going forward. Yeah. Um. So that that's my, uh, like, we'll see what happens. Like if he's through, true to his word, like if he really wants to be here, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hate on him for, you know, I no doubt you get your get your bag. I'm not gonna hate on a guy for getting like even like, like for real. Like I really don't even hate on Felicio, dude. You got your you won the lottery, dude. You got the bag. I I ain't <laughs> oh. really hating on you for that. That congratulations, man. Yes. Congratulations. congratulations, dude. Yes. I'm happy for you. You got the bag. You put the wool over Garnpack's eyes. Yes, you they did. Give you 32 million guaranteed oh. gold. Oh, go for you, man. So that's <laughs> not, like, I'm always about, I'm pro player, like get your yeah, money for sure. But like, I'm just thinking like, you know, I don't want to be in that situation at, at, where, where we end up like, okay, well, man, we're paying this guy 20 million a year and he's, he should probably be coming off the bench. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's the fear. That is definitely the fear. And, and they're trying to protect themselves, obviously. Um, when it comes to those kind of negotiations, but like I said, man, it's 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 all on him this year because yeah. whatever they pay him is it will be all on him. It'll be everything that you did on the court. It won't be anything off potential uh, for the Bulls because they've had four straight years to look at what you can do. So everything will be on him, and yeah, he's got he's got to sink or swim, man. And I'm hoping he swims. Yeah, and and, and on the flip side, let's say he has a Jimmy type breakout. Hmm. Hey, I'll match whatever contract you get in the next offer. Like someone gives you a max. Yeah. Let's let's go. You know, but I'm not I don't wanna I don't wanna outbid myself. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Kuzma contract is a good uh I think that is a good reference to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 
I guess you could play, pay a little bit more, like you said, $15 million, But I do like the idea of a short-term contract just to see – just that way you don't invest too hard in him. Uh, right. But if he breaks out, then, yeah, pay pay what you need. Like, if the proof is in the pudding and this is what he is, then, all right, pay up. But right now, like, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't want a high-risk contract for him, and I just don't think it's worth it until he proves something. So – yeah, the short-term contract definitely puts the Bulls in control and and puts them in the driver's seat as far as what they want to do with Laurie, the asset, right? Yeah. But I think probably Laurie wants more years, right? I think that's what we're kind of saying. Laurie wants yeah. more years. And Bulls are like, uh, no, we want a shorter contract to protect ourselves and mm-hmm. obviously to have more control well, he can, and leverage. Well, I mean, he can – if he wants more years, he can go to Charlotte, Orlando, wherever. And <laughs> he going to end up in Dallas. That's what he's going to MJ, MJ loves giving out those contracts, man. Oh, that's a fact. That's he a fact. Wa- he, does never, he never wants to do a real rebuild. He, he's always <laughs> in on trying to win. I mean, that competitive in him, he doesn't want to let go of the rope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, man. But they're going to be fun this year. I will say they that. will. Like Charlotte we will, we can joke, we can make jokes about that Hayward contract. He's an upgrade for them. Oh no, question. on court he's an upgrade. No question. If if Melo can click, like he looks nice, you know. I I think I I, I think he's kind of like Rubio when he first came into the league. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that jumper, but the dude has high IQ as far as a playmaker. If you can get that jumper going, watch out. But yeah. yeah, but like we'll see. I mean, but Charlotte, I think that, that they could be a fun team because they got some nice other young pieces. Yeah. Uh like I, I was saying, like, man, if if Miles Bridges just runs with Mello, he's gonna get 10 easy points just from easy. running. Just easy. from running with him. Mm-hmm. All they need is a power for it. I promise you. They mm-hmm. they just need a big dude that can actually catch the ball and put catch it in the, the bucket. Ball. <laughs> I've been watching Zeller. Like, I mean, oh my and God. Frank, Frank Kaminsky's back on the market for them. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, I promise you, that's all they need. If Melo gets that, he might need the league in assist. Yeah. And, they, and they'll create a brand new Amari Stoudemire out there. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Dave, c man, this was a blast talking to you guys about the Bulls in the upcoming season. Let our listeners know where they can find you, what you're working on right now. And yeah, man, just appreciate you guys dropping by again. Man, thank you for having us. Ed, I can listen to you read the dictionary. <laughs> uh, Celine, Celine, you know you my guy. You definitely my, my guy, man. Um, you can definitely check us out at ballsports.com, B-A-W-L sports.com. Uh, we have two shows there, one bow and bow on Bulls. Uh, we're everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can check those out. Um, we also have our show that we do call Open Gym Sports and Culture. It's a new show that is part of the Ball Sports Network. Uh, it's a show I host now, and it's on our uh, YouTube channel. It's also on the Open Gym uh, Sports and Culture uh, YouTube channel. It's basically we talk sports and we talk culture. So uh, anything going on in the world, we'll touch on anything going on in the world of sports. We'll we'll definitely be uh, talking about. Um, also, we do now the new show we do is Bulls Outcast. That is me. Uh, that is John. And that is Matt. Uh, we'll be doing that on Hot Mike. And it will also be uh, simulcast on uh, the Ball on Bulls YouTube channel. And the podcast will be available after every Bulls game on 
uh, the Ball Sports Network podcast networks. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can catch that there. And you can catch us on Twitter. I'm at Ball Sports, and Chris is at Ball Sports One, and we're on Instagram at Ball Sports. Did I do it all, Chris? Oh my God! <laughs> wow! I think you hit everything. You got the website there too. I got it all, brother. I slid it in. I slid that in nicely. I slid it in nicely. <laughs> That's it. Man said, "Oh man." Oh man, no doubt. Th- yeah, thank you guys so much, man. This was a blast. Uh, Salim, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, man. You know, I love having C-Dub and, and Dave on. It's like we, we've been laughing since the jump. And that's how fun it is just to have them on. And, like, I always joke, like, you know, when, when Matt and John were on, I was joking, like, it's not, it's hard to be unhappy when Dave's around. And <laughs> C-Dub can probably attest to that, too, I'm sure. So, like... It's a joy having them on. It was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the Hawks. I'm hoping – I think Trey Young was struggling in the preseason. I'm hoping he can struggle for one more game and, and the Bulls can get the season-opening win. Yeah, I just, I just don't believe in them yet. I, I, yeah. I don't. I just yeah. don't. I, I know what they're supposed to be. I know. I get it. They, they got everything. They are lined up to be great. But I got to see it, man. I just – I mean, because that's all I heard last year, Celine. That's all they told me. Man, they're going to the playoffs. You're crazy. I was like, they're not going to the playoffs. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Y'all crazy. Like, no, nah, they're not going to the playoffs. You don't know what you're talking about. And the Bulls got a better record than them. <laughs> like, and, and another thing, they still that, – that trade, I don't care. Like, Trey is never going to be Luka. No, no, of course. No, no. no. Yeah. They, people said, though, well, they made out They made out good, well, too. But it's like, look, they did. I don't care. I don't but care. He ain't Luca. <laughs> Luca's better. <laughs> they lost. <laughs> I think I would be. They should be. It would be more upset. If they you, you know walked away with a lesser player. You know what I mean? But, but no, for sure. Dope. But you're right. He's not going to be Luca. He is definitely not going to be Luca, man. But he's definitely good. He's he's good for sure. But hopefully he's not good on Wednesday. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. That wraps up this bull, this show of Bulls Gold. As always, you can catch us on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always catch us here on Nothing But Net Radio, a part of Dash Radio, every Tuesday, 9, 8 Central in the morning. For Celine Sudawala, I'm Edward Schuler. We will catch you next time, Bulls fans. <laughs>